0: Minutes of Fascism, a weekly news analysis and update podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Craig Johnson. This week, obviously, we're still talking about the election in the United States. When are we going to be done with that, you might ask? Uh, yeah, that that appears to be the question. Then we're going to be talking about some international developments in fascism, and finally, celebrating the death of one of the United States' most prominent neo-Nazis. All right, so... What's been happening the last week in U.S. politics is that President Trump refuses to admit that he has been defeated by Democratic challenger and former Vice President Joe Biden. Uh, And a lot of what's been going on in the commentariat, you know, we're talking the opinion pages of the New York Times, on Twitter, blah, 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 is wrangling about whether or not what Trump is doing is a coup or not. Uh, So far, what he's done is filed several lawsuits in various swing states to try to get ballots overturned to try to force recounts when they weren't legally required. Um, He's been doing some standard vote denial stuff. He's been vilifying cities as opposed to rural areas because they tend to swing Democratic, especially in swing states. But the thing is that none of this so far is really unprecedented. It's not unprecedented for a sitting president to try their hardest to stay in office. It's not unprecedented for a sitting president to um, be upset about the results, but some parts of it are kind of unprecedented. Um, His secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, uh, in a recent interview or press conference rather, said, you know, that rather than being a smooth transition to the Biden administration, that there would be, quote, a smooth transition to the second term of the Trump administration which is pretty scary. Now, all signs point to Trump's current strategy, you know, these lawsuits, these various legal disputes, these court ways of getting to a second term uh, to be basically impossible. Um, The majority of political commentators, political analysts, lawyers say that that's probably a no-go. However, a backup strategy focusing on poaching unfaithful electors, uh, that is, members of the Electoral College who could be convinced to vote against the results of their states, um, that that could be a real thing. They might actually be able to do that. However, he would have to get a lot of people. A combination of these strategies might be necessary, or just sort of sowing uncertainty might be necessary. Uh, That's the way in which we're in sort of, well, a lot less charted water, uh, especially in the 20th and 21st centuries in the United States. Currently, though, what we have is a bunch of swirling misinformation. You know, we'll know more about this uh, when Trump's motives are a little bit clearer, when more time has passed, and once the Electoral College meets in mid-December. Of course, no matter what happens to Trump, the fascists who are part of his political coalition aren't going to be going away anytime soon. Uh, that, evidenced by their upcoming rally tomorrow, uh, that is uh, Saturday, November 14th, in washington dc now this rally is going by several names but the most prominent ones are stop the steal as in stop biden from stealing the election and the million MAGA march which is a really insidious and frankly kind of disgusting uh, reference to the million man march in the 90s of uh, black men marching on washington dc a bunch of big right-wing names uh from the relative mainstream like mike cernovich to the like potentially psychopathic fringe like Alex Jones to actual sitting members of Congress, or excuse me, uh, elected members of Congress, such as Marjorie green, who's a recently elected, uh, member of Congress from Georgia who has not yet taken office, but will in January, uh, all of these people have said that they're going to be at these rallies on Saturday. Now, who knows exactly how that's going to turn out. We'll have more about what really happened next week. In addition to some of these big individual names, we also have lots of groups of fascists that are saying that they're going to be coming. We got Patriot Prayer, the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, the Three Percenters. This is like a real rogue's gallery of extreme right wing organizations and fascist groups that are going to be descending on the nation's capital uh, this Saturday to try to advocate for a second Trump administration and also just to show their power to say like, hey, no matter what happens, They're still going to be there. They're still going to be organizing street power. They're still going to be trying to participate in street violence. The purpose of this rally explicitly is to support a second Trump administration uh, and to demonstrate that they are present to uh, support and facilitate whatever kind of coup staying disruption that Trump seems to be doing. The fact that this is happening in D.C. is particularly upsetting, given recent uh, information uh, that has been released uh, into the press about how D.C. cops worked with the Proud Boys uh, immediately after Election Day. Um, so immediately after Election Day last week, some Proud Boy affiliates claimed to have been stabbed by Black Lives Matter protesters. They had no evidence. There there, there was a video showing a scuffle um but there's no evidence in or any indication that the people who did the stabbing had any affiliation with any political organization at all or who they were or any of that stuff. Uh, of course, though, uh, these are fascists trying to get the help of the police. And so, what did the police do? They helped them. Uh, they had the Proud Boys jump into police cruisers and literally cruise around looking for Black Lives Matter protesters so that the Proud Boys could, I guess, point them out for them to be arrested or attacked or murdered by the police. Um, Enrique Tario, the leader of the Proud Boys, uh, really, really talked this up and boasted about how the Proud Boys are allies of the police, right? Now, if you've been paying attention to what I've been saying in this podcast or what other people have been saying when they talk about the right wing, you should not be surprised at all to learn that the fascists are working with the police or that the police want to work with the fascists. That's kind of their whole deal, right? Uh, so the fact that we have this very recent history of police and fascist cooperation in D.C. means that these protests could become very dangerous places to be for counter-protesters. Uh, so if you are in D.C., please take all precautions necessary. Don't go to rallies alone. Uh, wear shoes that are comfortable to run in. Uh, have at least a small amount of food and water with you. Um, potentially don't take your phone so that you can't be identified. Lock your phone if you are going to take it. Uh, make sure that you have some amount of cash if you need to be, if you need to like get a taxi away from a jailhouse. Uh, there, there are a lot of really good guides, uh, for how to participate in, uh, direct action that might result in actual civil violence or that it might at least be met with police violence. So, If you're going to be attending this protest as a counter-protester, please be careful. One of the other really irritating parts of commentary about the election in the United States is that they, you know, in the New York Times or whatever, they'll talk about like, oh, now, now what's this going to mean for all the other strongmen? You know, they must be reeling from this defeat of Trump. Well, unfortunately for (laughs) the New York Times and unfortunately for us in this case, uh, Trump's being defeated is not going to stop the rise of fascism or the right-wing internationally, let alone in the United States. Um, we have continuing evidence of this from, you know, two of the most prominent, uh, right-wing leaders in the world currently, other than Trump, uh, including Jair Bolsonaro in Brazil and Viktor Orban in Hungary. Uh, Bolsonaro is signaling that he's prepared to stand up against Biden and to be a right-wing demagogue, with or without Trump. Obviously, uh, he's actually started to reference, like, like to actually reference potentially fighting the United States when he talks about the Biden administration. Like uh, his his claim was that, oh, the Biden administration is talking a lot of shit about how we need to do, as in Brazil needs to do more to protect the Amazon, and. Bolsonaro's response is like, well, sometimes diplomacy isn't enough. Uh, when you run out of saliva, you need to use gung powder. As in, like, when talk doesn't work, maybe we should shoot people, uh, seems to be what he's implying. Bolsonaro is not going to go away. Viktor Orban, similarly in Hungary, is using, is continuing to use the COVID-19 pandemic as an opportunity to roll back LGBTQ rights in that country. Uh, back in the spring, he, Already used this opportunity to eliminate uh, the right to have one's gender recognized legally um, in official documents uh, for transgender people or for people who have transitioned between one gender or another. Uh, And now, in a more more recent uh, illegal move, he has eliminated the ability of same sex couples to adopt children. Uh, In addition, he has reinstated a 90-day emergency order system, uh, effectively allowing him to rule by decree uh, without the need of parliamentary votes. Although the fact is that his party and uh, the even more fascist uh, Jobbik party uh, are a majority in the Hungarian parliament. Um, Orbán's whole deal is to try to be a you know, a, a bulwark against any threats to Christian values and Christian civilization. That sort of shit is not going to go away, no matter who is the president of the United States. I'm sorry to tell you, we're going to have to be dealing with these people whether or not Trump leaves. And finally, this week's See You in Hell comes from the United States, and actually from right now. Uh, the person is Tom Metzger. Now, Tom Metzger was a prominent United States neo-Nazi, probably second only to David Duke, who is actually literally still alive, amazingly, um, as part of the network of KKK groups and neo-Nazi organizations that were the biggest uh, parts of the fascist movements in the United States in the 1980s, 90s, and 2000s, up until the birth of the alt-right in the 2010s. Culminating finally in the modern alt right that we see today, in Patriot Prayer, in the Proud Boys, in the Oath Keepers, and you know the groups that I listed at the beginning of this podcast. Metzger was a member of the KKK in Southern California, uh, where he was a Grand Dragon, uh, and he once won a three way race uh, for the Democratic nomination for Congress in his district, uh, which forced the Democrats to endorse uh, his Republican opponent. Uh, another really infamous and disgusting thing that he did, uh, was that he was part of the murder of an Ethiopian immigrant, uh, while he was living in the Pacific Northwest and was one of the targets of a successful lawsuit against the skinheads that murdered this man, um, uh, resulting in a multi-million dollar settlement that, uh, the Ethiopian immigrant's family, uh, rightfully got, um, which has been helping them enormously. Um, although, of course, the loss of their father in this case uh, could not really be compensated. Metzger's life was full of fascist organizing. He started and was part of organizing many fascist groups, um, including the White Aryan Resistance War and the Aryan Youth League, uh, AYL. And he will not be missed. Uh, He died last week, actually, um, but his death was only reported and confirmed this week. Uh, And since he is such a horrible member of the history of the right wing in the United States, uh, I thought it only fitting to celebrate his death now that we can. So Tom Metzger died November 4th, 2020. We'll see you in hell. right that was this week's 15 minutes of fascism a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right i'm craig johnson i'd like to once more thank sleepy kitty arts and sleepy Kitty music for our theme song and for our graphics and i will talk to you next week